0: We want to read scripture, and uh, we invite the presence of our God as we meditate on the same together. I'm reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 8, from verse 9. Let me start verse 7. If there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said... The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with all the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by their hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to that covenant and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I'll put my laws in their minds, I'll write them on the tablets of their hearts, I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness And remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one absolute. And what is absolute and outdated will soon disappear. This is the word of the Lord. And I pray that I'll be an instrument that God will use to lift him up so he can draw men and draw women to himself. And this prayer I make, believing and trusting in Jesus' name. I want to talk about broadcasting a new covenant. Broadcasting a new covenant. God says he'll put his law on our minds and hearts. We'll become living stones. We'll be people of integrity. We'll know his will. We'll be led by the Holy Spirit. I like that verse 10. It says This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I'll put my laws in their minds and light them on their hearts. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. You remember that um, after 430 years of bondage in Israel, Moses came by the hand of God and uh, redeemed the people of God from Pharaoh's power and uh, set them free. They were able to cross the Red Sea. They wandered in the desert for 40 years and later they were able to cross the Jordan River as they went into the promised land. When they reached Mount Sinai, Moses went up to pray and as he was praying, God uh, gave him tablets of stone, written the Ten Commandments. This is the first covenant that he's talking about. It was God's hard writing on the tablets. It was a tablet of stone. Now, interesting enough, the Bible says that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the covenant or the tablet of stone, the commandments, he found the people sinning, they were revering, they had abandoned their God, they were worshiping a golden calf, and so Moses threw down the commandments, and they broke. And it is recorded that day that about 3,000 people died. The first covenant. The Bible says in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 3 that remember the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. When the commandments were unveiled, people died. Because now the commandments told you that you are a sinner. If there was no law, there is no sin because there is no way to judge that you've done the wrong or the right but now that there was a law, it was a type of the future, but now condemned you. That story is very well told in the book of Romans chapter 7, when he's saying, who will help this leashed man? The things I want to do, I don't do. I find a new law in my heart that I want to go this way, and my body draws me this way. So the law came, and it was not a helpful covenant. Because it only told you that you are wrong, but it did not help you to do the right thing. So, God saw that he was going to bring another covenant. Verse 7, he said, if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, there would have been no need for another one. But God found the first covenant had a problem. Remember, the new law the new covenant that we broadcast is a covenant uh, of the presence of the holy spirit in our lives in the book of acts scripture says in acts chapter one that uh, you will receive power and you'll become my witnesses when the holy spirit comes upon you you my witnesses in judea jerusalem samaria to the uttermost parts of the world in chapter two when the spirit came and they were preaching, people received life. About 3,000 people were added to the church. So you can see, even literally, that when the law came in Mount Sinai, people died. When the new covenant came in the Holy Spirit, people lived. He says that uh, we should therefore now put our attention on the law that is written on our hearts and that's written on our body. says, I'll establish a covenant and I'll put it in your minds. I'll put it in your heart. There is something God is doing with us. And what he is doing is not the work of a man. What God is doing with us is the work of divinity. Writing in our minds, writing on the tablets of our hearts. This is what God is doing. And that's why we mastered it that there is something new that God is doing. And he is willing to do it for anyone uh, who will agree to be used by God to become a carrier and a broadcast of the new covenant, which is in the Holy Spirit. The letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. How is this new law administrated, this new covenant? He says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, that we are living stones. Jesus Christ is a chief cornerstone. Remember, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the scripture say that our father is a master builder. So the construction of the building that we are in belongs to God. In fact, in Romans, the Bible says that Moses. And even Abraham, they looked for a city whose architect and builder was God. God is building Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, and we are living stones in that building. Why are we living stones? Verse five. Like living stones, you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Offerings, spiritual sacrifice, acceptable to God. So there's something God is doing in this new way to make us acceptable to him in a spiritual way. We have left the old way of reading laws and working hard to obey them because if you broke one law, you broke the ten. And now we are alive to a new covenant that makes us our living stones. We are a part of a construction that is affecting the whole world. And this movement of Jesus Christ, Bible says, Matthew 24, 14, and the gospel will be be preached to all the people groups before the end can come. There is something powerful that God is doing all across the world, living stones. So you are not a dead stone. You are not from a quarry and then you are wasting away. No, you are in a building, but you are alive. You are a part of drawing others to come and join the building of God and to join the work of God. Those of us who agree to join this work that God is doing must be of one mind. Proverbs 11 verse 3 He talks about integrity, Proverbs 11.3. He says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. It means the unfaithful, they are this way today, and then they are the other way later. They are one thing in the day and one thing in the night. He says, The people of God who are living stones must be focused by day and by night. We must love our God. We must tell about him all the time. One message, one direction, one effort. In the Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6, he says, love the Lord your God with all your strength, all your might, all your resources. And this message I give you also impress it upon your children. You must be of one mind. There is no opportunity to doubt. There is no opportunity to toss. In James, the scriptures say that if you ask something and then you doubt, you are like a wave of the sea tossed about to and flow. And don't expect to receive anything because you are not of one mind. You are not integral. You are duplicity. You are different at different times. So become a believer in church and also be a believer in the marketplace. Broadcast amongst your friends, but broadcast also amongst your family. Be one. Let people know that we can trust him with this one message. Integrity. Very critical because our God doesn't change. Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We also must be the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. The scriptures say that when we have this new covenant, we will know his will. Romans chapter 12. He says, We will no longer be told, we will understand. Listen to what he says, brothers and sisters. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. Again, he brings the issue of a living sacrifice. That word can be confusing because we know that if you want to eat chicken, you first kill the chicken. But here he's saying that you are a living sacrifice. Remember, you are a living stone. And so you are in a construction But still, you are alive. It's painful because the things of your body, they are contrary to the things of the Spirit. That's why you are alive. But he says, be holy and pleasing to God because this is your true and proper worship. God wants you to worship him as a sacrifice. And then he says in verse 2, and do not conform Any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has a will. There are people who wonder, what do I do in this situation? God always, always has a direction he wants you to take. The scriptures say you will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. God has a plan, and that plan is to mature you to fullness. (Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28, that we may present all men mature in Christ, not lacking anything. John 15, 7 and 8, that uh, we may bear him much fruit so that we are known to be his disciples. So this is the will of the Father, that you don't stay in one spot, but you keep growing, you keep shining, you keep being productive, you keep becoming better at what you do, and you polish the gifting that God has put inside you until until you perform and perfect the will of the Father. He says here in Romans 12 that uh, until you are able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the will of the Father. Know the will of the Father. Don't grope in the dark. Know what God purposes for you to do. Moving on to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 is very rich, In the spirit life. This is where we find in verse 23. When he says and the fruit of the spirit. Remember he says one fruit. But this fruit manifests in nine different portions. Let me read that. Verse 22. But the fruit, not fruits. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. One fruit, nine manifestations of the fruit. What is this fruit? The fruit is love. 1 Corinthians thirteen, thirteen. he says there is faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of this is love. So the people who are of God who are living stones, who are of one mind, they have a fruit called love. The Bible says, for God so loved. You see, our intention is to become more like our God, a fruit called love manifesting in nine different directions. In this same passage, in verse 18, this is what the Scripture says. Let me pick it from 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see, because you are living stone, your flesh is still part of you until we leave this world. So you have feelings, you have temptations. These are daily issues. In Luke 9, 23, the Bible said, take up your cross every day and follow me. There are real issues that you struggle with. So he says is the spirit who will help you. Activating the written code in your heart and in your mind will help you to be away from the things of the flesh. Verse 17, the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You know, if you are observing law, 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 you you get tripped over many times. But if you learn to apply a higher rule, then you don't have to worry about the lower one. It's like the school system. If you pass the system, I remember going through the 844, you did your class 8. And then you went to Form 1, and you, ha- you are in secondary school. So when you're in secondary school, you don't need to worry about the things of primary school, because they are already behind you. And when you go to college, you don't worry about the things of secondary school. They are below you. In the same way he is saying, when you walk in the Spirit as a living stone, the things of, this, of the body, the things of the flesh are below you. You will not gratify them. Remember, led by the Spirit, not under the law. It's a choice. Do you want to walk in the law or do you want to walk in the new covenant? I was reading in the Old Testament and I found a lot of ways that people used to find direction from God. Because in the Old Testament, we didn't have the ability... To have the Spirit of God lead us. So men followed uh, written codes. Uh, there was a high priest. Men would go to the high priest, ask for direction. Kings would go, prophets were there. And I found that uh, there were like two or so many ways where people used to find direction. They used to throw dice. You know, I think you have seen they we throw a coin in the air. And we say heads or tails. The Bible says in Proverbs 16.33 that the, the lot is cast, but his every decision is of the Lord. The, 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 that was the method then. It was like a pata thing, chance. Throw in the air whatever the decision is what God is saying for you to do. So there was a 50% chance of uncertainty. Because it's a coin that you've thrown in the air or a dice. Very close, looks like magic. That was one way in which uh, they found the will of the Father. Then there was the thumim and the Urim, Exodus 28, 30. This was the stones on the breastplate of the high priest. Also put the Urim and thumim in the breastpiece, so they may be over Aaron's heart whenever he enters the presence of the Lord. Thus he will always wear them. They are the means of making decisions. For the Israelites over the heart before the Lord. So I don't know whether the stones would light and uh, make an alphabet. Some other people think there were two stones and then they are the same. So the high priest would pick the one and that would be the decision. Again, it is God's decision, but you can see that there is opportunity for error in that old covenant. In the passage we read, he said... If there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, there would be no place for another one. And then in verse 13, he said, by calling this new covenant new, he has made the old one absolute. We don't broadcast a message that takes us back to bondage. We don't go back to Egypt. We go forwards to Canaan. We go forwards to the place of God. He says that the old one is absolute, and what is absolute and outdated will soon disappear. We are broadcasting a new covenant, and it's a new covenant uh, in the spirit of our God. When we get born again, it is the influence of the Holy Spirit. He brings conviction to In our lives. When we seek him further, then the Holy Spirit enters our lives. First he's an influence that draws us to God. Then he enters our life when we are born again. And then we can continue to seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit as a living stone. There are almost like three different experiences of the Holy Spirit. So what he's saying... Let's broadcast this message of life. Let's not take people back to an absolute system. Yes, it's good to understand the system that was, but we are now looking forward to a new covenant. And this new covenant is necessary because the old one was not functioning. It was a system of telling us the error and the mistakes that we were making. It's my prayer. That as we meditate on this message, someone out there will desire to be totally involved and surrendered to the will of the Father. And to be led by the Spirit which is to work above the law. Allow Christ to be your foundation and let your life be used in this our generation to magnify him and to lift up his name. Why don't we pray? Father, we thank you for allowing us a new broadcast, a new covenant. It was because the old one was not functional. The old one was a system of do's and don'ts. And the old one put us astray. And the old one brought death. We are so thankful that you had a new plan. To bring a covenant written on my heart, written on my mind. If I live by the Spirit, I'll be above the law. Help me, dear Lord, I pray, that I may walk in your will. Help me to walk in the things of God and to be ashamed to the things of the flesh. I am so grateful that there's opportunity for me to have your law in my heart and in my mind. And not just for me, but for everyone who will desire that God work in your life and work in your mind to make you an instrument for his honor and for his glory. In Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Whom you have from God, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. Father, we give you our moments and we give you our beings that you may use us as instruments to honor and to glorify you. I pray that the meditation of our hearts, the words of our mouth, will be pleasing in your sight. I pray that our feet will be beautiful as we proclaim that our Redeemer reigns. I pray, dear Lord, that we'll be full of passion and full of the capacity to deliver the things of God. And so we thank you for this message today and for your presence in our midst. And we take time to bless God's people today, bless them on Wednesday. Bless them on Thursday and Friday. And may they have a testimony Saturday. Looking back and saying, See what the Lord has done for me. See what the Lord has used me to do to the glory of his name. We thank you. We love you. We magnify you. Let all honor, let all glory come back to you. John the Baptist, John 3.30, he said, I must become less so that Christ becomes more. May you become more in my life, dear Lord. May you accomplish the purposes why you sent us. Father, we thank you. And we love you this evening. And thank you for hearing us, even because we pray today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God's people said, Amen and Amen. Thank you. God bless you.